Robbie Knox here, landlord of the Moon Underwater, and I have a very exciting announcement to share with you. Have you ever found yourself listening along to the podcast thinking, hmm, I wish I could experience this with my own eyes in the real world? Well, you're in luck, because very soon the Moon Underwater will be returning to the other realm for a special live show. As it's such a special occasion, we thought we'd invite an equally special guest along. Joining us on the night to create their dream pub is the Edinburgh Comedy Award-winning comedian Ahir Shah. It's taking place on Sunday the 7th of April at Moth Club in London. Tickets are on general sale now. Search Moon Under Pod on socials, head to our page and click the link in the bio to get your tickets. We look forward to seeing you there. Yes. Yes, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Um, Robin, I'm not sure if you're aware what's going on, uh, but it would seem that the moon underwater has been hosting a, a, a vegetable competition today. Oh, amusingly shaped or large? Large. Large, large, well, large could be just amusing in, in and of itself. Yeah, I think it's probably a mixture of large and just sort of perfect formations of, for example, your courgettes, your squash. Um, your kind of platonic veg. Your platonic veg, your rooters, um, your, uh, your parsnips, your carrots, etc. Because they're sort of builder's grass. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if you know builder's grass. It's like butcher's grass. Oh, yeah. But it's uh, covered in sort of cement dust. Right. Oh. Um, just to uh, keep the um, keep the vegetables dry. I mean, you would expect it to have used butcher's grass, but it's actually used builder's grass. I think we've, someone's got confused with uh, builder's tea and butcher's grass. That's what's happened. Butcher's tea, I suppose. What would butcher's tea be? Just a big big old mug of blood. Big old mug of blood. Piping hot blood. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, builder's grass is sort of the colour of dark tea. Right. But so cement dust uh, all over it. Anyway, um, <laughs> so that's what uh, is on the bar here. Because I think what's happened is people have displayed their veg on the bar because the moon underwater is also a community space. Yeah. Um, in the daytime, it's used for events, parties, um, various committee meetings in the uh, in the correct realm. Why? Why is there? Why is there all this builders stuff there? I, I, that, that was that's not clear to me. Sorry, I I just I don't know. Don't know. Okay, I don't it's, know. Maybe it's like an art installation. Yeah, I think maybe the moon underwater. I think maybe I need to go up and tweak some of its pistons and valves because I'm pretty sure the moon underwater was intending. Butcher's grass, but it's come out as builder's yeah, grass. Yeah, I see, I see. And I, see. and I will have to... I will make an apology to the uh, the veg committee and all the entrants on... But you can't get it right all the time. Nope, nope. It's a dream pub. It's not a dream veg judging arena. Uh, so how are you, Robin? Yeah, great. Yes, I'm doing very well. Had a, had a fine week. Um, the week in pubs, we, 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 we ventured... 
to a pub on Friday, which is one of my favourite pubs in central London, the King's Head in Marlebone. We did, didn't we? Mm. Now, I am at a bit of a crossroads because before I met you in that pub... Oh, yes. I went to the secret pub. Which we still have not named on In the Moon Underwater. And I and I think I'm going to name it. <gasps> no, don't name it to slag it. I'm naming it in the way you would name an MP uh, and ask them to leave the House of Commons. I'm not going to slag it, but I'm sorry. It, this has got ridiculous. I can't believe it. You've gone really serious. I have. And I'm so... I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and I must caveat what I'm about to say. You might get an angry email, John. Don't care. I'm not going to have a go at anyone. The best pub in London, certainly joint best, for some time now, we've referred to as the secret pub. It's just the absolute bee's knees. And it's called the Jackalope. And it's in a muse, about five minutes walk from Regent Street. And it ticks every single goddamn box in the whole box warehouse. It really does. It's quiet, even though it's in one of the busiest places in the world. Well, here, here we come to the problem. I mean, no, let's let's start by talking about its many, its many, many strengths. The exterior, the reveal. It has no right to be there. Mm. It's majesty. It's majesty. It's got th- sort of at the main bar area. Then it's got three ante rooms. Each is slightly different, actually. One of them has these beautiful green sort of leather booths and then little sort of high-stooled tables with with those sort of... They're almost like those green lawyer lights. Yes. like like your, Or like your kind of Morgan Freeman in Seven in the New York Library reading about Dante, that kind of vibe. 100 million percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Guinness there is amongst the best Guinness I've ever had. Okay. Nice clientele, nice vibe. Music is often perfect music at the perfect volume. Yeah. It looks gorgeous. The The selection of ale is outstanding. Yeah. And craft beers and like, um, and they've got Agostina bottles as well. Very good selection. So please keep in mind all of those moments of vaunting praise because there is one problem with the jackalope, which has meant that I'm not sure I'm going to go back. They have this ludicrous reservation system, right? So you walk in to this gleaming Valhalla of pub and every single table has got a little reserved sign on it. So your first thought is, oh, is this not really a pub you're meant to just walk into and enjoy a drink you have to sort of ring it ahead and it's got to the point where every single table in there is reserved now i need to point out they're just little reserved signs not none of these like chalk things saying reserved for dave and sarah from 9 p.m which means you at least know you can sit there if you're going to be there a couple of hours or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah just reserved signs quite a blunt tool okay um you're a bit of a blunt tool so i said to the guy behind the bar i said oh, just looking for a table, you know, which of them are reserved from which time? And he said, oh, just sit anywhere, it's fine. Okay. 
So I was like, okay. So me and our friend Phil uh, sat down, and after about 20 minutes, a lady comes around with an iPad that's got all the reservation times on it and says, oh, you're going to need to move in 50 minutes. And we're like, right, so where can we move to? Because all of the other tables have got reserved signs on. So you just get this feeling that it's confusing and you sort of feel like it's a bit like unreserved uh, reserved seating at cinemas. I kind of feel like, well, I'm here. Mm. I'm. It's not my fault. I've done. I've done. I've come to the pub. Yeah. Right. And I'm being basically. I'm being turfed out now. And final point. This is no fault of the pub, but this is what happens when big groups book tables in pubs for drinks. Because this isn't for food, by the way. Wait. What? Okay. This, this is because this drinks. is the, the thing I was going to build up to here was. Is this reservations for food? Cause no. It's reservations for drinks. Yes. Oh, yeah, that isn't very good, is it? And what happens is these big groups of, like, sometimes 12, 20 people come for, like, work dues. What they do is they all chuck their bags and coats by the table and then stand at the fucking bar. <laughs> oh, my God. So I just... The system doesn't work. <laughs> You can't do that in a pub. No. You can't just... Because also it makes no sense because it's like you're losing so much revenue. Yeah. If you're putting a reserved sign on a table that's reserved from eight and people walk in at four, clock that and think, oh, there's nowhere to sit, let's go somewhere else. Yeah. It's madness to shut down a table for four hours. And I got so upset with it. And I said to the lady, who's perfectly nice, I said, I said, this is a bit sort of, it's frustrating to come here because you get here and all of the, the tables are reserved. And she said, yeah, that's, that's how it works. You're like, all right then, bye. So we had yeah. to go somewhere else. I mean, are you quite sure it's not for food? Yeah, the restaurant's downstairs. Oh yeah, they've got a big, like, restaurant downstairs. Right, that is a bit strange. And I think if you are going to do a reservation system like that, you have to have the little slate thing. I mean, I don't like that either. No. Because I don't like the message when I walk into a pub of going, oh, someone else has got here first, but they couldn't be bothered to sort of just come. Yeah. So they've rung ahead to to make to ruin your evening. It, I, I think that... I'll just go back to that phrase. It's a very blunt tool. It is. Yeah, that's a shame. So I... I just think I might have to call time on, because I I only go there on a Friday, yeah, and it's just it's such a good pub. Also, they've stopped doing Guinness, mm. and they've replaced it with a local porter. <laughs> now that's a complete. That's you know there may be many reasons why they've stopped doing that. Guinness might have got too expensive. They might have changed supplier. That's fair enough. The local porter's not for me, because no local porter is for me. <laughs> yeah, but. I think the two combined is curtains. I'm just trying to think of what to say in case someone hears this and sort of... I'm just, I think you've covered all your bases. I do think you, you've argued your case well. I'm just wondering what the counter to it is. Like, what, what, if they could come back to you, what would they say? Well, I did, I did mention it in a perfectly, like, nice way. Yeah. I just said, I said it's quite frustrating because I really love this pub and I come here and there's no tables for anyone. And they just said, well, that's the system. If that's the system, then fine. And if the system works for them, then great. I just, it's its not often you see that system. No. And also, I don't mind going into, you know, 
like a pub with ten tables and one of them's reserved. Fair enough. But it's then it becomes an arms race. Yeah. Because what if I'll just go, oh, well, can I reserve a table at four o'clock every Friday for the rest of time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the system. What's the yeah? What are the loopholes to the system? You can reserve a table forever. That yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of that system. Yeah. Because I think, you know, when you when a pub is that beautiful, when it's that quiet, it does get busy later. Mm. It just. I want to walk in and feel like the pub's for me, not for a load of people who've sort of. Oh, I could go on. Anyway. I don't think I've ever seen you get so sad. I I really felt, I felt something break that really? evening. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, well. And it is a shame because it is, oh, man, what a pub. What a pub. Um, but if you are thinking of checking it out, do book ahead. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's the same on, like, a weeknight. I mean, this is a Friday. Maybe it's only on Fridays and Saturdays they do that. But um, on the plus side, King's Head is great. King's Head's lovely. King's Head is very much like... I just think if someone said to me, take me to a traditional, like, British city pub, or town pub even, it doesn't feel like a city pub, actually. Like a total, like, no, no BS pub... I'd, I'd take them there, I think. It's just, uh, I mean, the, because of the area, obviously the prices kind of match the area. So I'm, I suppose, I, I'm sure for anyone coming down, yeah, anyone coming to London would probably still find the prices quite eye-watering, comparatively. But, I mean, that's just what you need to do to kind of stay afloat as a pub. I think what I like about it is it seems to have re- resisted gentrification. Now, whether, like you think gentrification is a negative or a positive thing is sort of irrelevant, but it's not the sort of pub you would expect to find in, in like the the sort of that part of London. Mm. It feels like a proper boozer and you don't get many proper boozers. So it's not like got lots of craft ale. It's got, I think it's got tribute and um, a green King. It's a green King pub. We should say which I'm not usually a huge fan of, but it's a belter. It doesn't feel like it's been over Green King either. Guinness is superb. The music was really good. It's got your classic sort of slightly, you know, faded red material bonquettes. It's carpeted. It's carpeted, for goodness sake. I love that. Yeah. Some people don't. I think it's the landlord and the landlady just look like they know what they're doing they've been there a long time they know their regulars they also welcome anyone else in yeah so it does feel like you've sort of stepped because this is basically where is it? it's not far off old compton street is it is it old compton street great compton street new portland street great portland street <laughs> jesus john your brain yeah um so there are lots of pubs around there but it, it does stick out as a do you know what? It reminds me of the knot of rope in Thornbury. Really? From the 90s, actually. The, the, the bar on the right-hand side. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. That's oh, such a great place. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit. 
that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the super light tree runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you want to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com. Mist mail. Yes, please. I did some sighing and we've got some lovely mists in. Uh, first one I wanted to say is some sad news uh, from John Hastings, who's written in to say, Dear John and Robin, I wanted to let you know that one of Bristol's best landlords, Mark Farrell of Chums, the micropub in Chandos Road, for, but formerly of the Plume of Feathers and also the Three Tons and the Hair on the Hill, he uh, he passed away last week. Oh, no. He was a legend on the Bristol pub scene and will be sorely missed. He was a really, really lovely man. One of those people where... He, it's not like you'd be chatting to him all night, but there was a communication and an understanding there with him, I think. And he always remembered you. Read those list of pubs again. I had no idea that he'd been involved in all those pubs. Chums is a magical place, I think. One of my favourite pubs in Bristol. I mean, it feels like you've just stepped into a little Irish country pub, I think, when you go in there. It's brilliant. Uh, he's, he, he, he had worked in the Plume of Feathers, Hot Wells, I think, um, and the Three Tons and the Hair on the Hill. Yes, and and honestly, if you had to pick four great Bristol pubs, you, yeah, those could easily be a top four. Yeah, so you know, uh, best wishes to to Mark's family. That's very sad news. I'll raise a glass of Guinness Zero to you. Yeah, um, we've had another mist in here. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is good. About you remember we were talking about doing a speed awareness course? Yes, and this mist is from Kane. Uh, and it's about speed awareness courses. John was talking about speed awareness courses the other day. Your mention of speed awareness courses last week reminds me of the one I did, and specifically a Scottish gentleman who was attending the same course. You may wonder why the gentleman being Scottish is of relevance, and the simple answer is that he drove from Scotland to Essex to attend the course. One suspects he may have been close to the point of a ban to have determined that was a reasonable course of action. Anyway, at the end of the course, the rather chatty uh, facilitator said to the aforementioned Scottish gentleman, Scotland, that'll take you at least seven hours. To which the Scottish gentleman replied, aye, but I'll do it in five and a half, and casually strolled out to the car park. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Crikey O'Reilly. Oh, dear. Why would you, go, why would you do, do that? I don't know. That's really strange, isn't it? Yeah, that's such... Because, I mean, there's like... When you search for courses near you, yeah, they're like sort of from sort of two miles away. I mean, they're literally <laughs> in every town. I like the idea that he's kind of been forced to do it in Essex, but like, why? There's no reason, legal reason, why he could kind of get away with doing it in Essex. How strange. We've got a nice uh, mist in here from Ellie to do with this great topic we've got uh, ongoing. Items signed by the wrong people. Uh, dear John and Robin, my husband and I are big fans of the pod. 
We live in sunny Singapore, and listening to your discussions on pubs and ales helps relieve some of our homesickness in a land where pubs in their traditional form are hard to come by. I'm writing in regarding the matter of items which are signed by the wrong person. Several years ago, my father-in-law kindly gifted my husband with a music technology theory textbook signed by all three members of the original Top Gear team. (laughs) (laughs) My my father-in-law was studying for a degree in music as a mature student and was in the live studio audience of a Top Gear filming. Waiting in line for a meet and greet, he realised that he had nothing for them to sign. Panicking, he handed them the only paper he had, his music technology theory book. Apparently Clarkson and Hammond signed it without looking at it, while May exclaimed, I'm a musician too. This is truly a unique object, and my husband believes it could become quite valuable. (laughs) Keep up the good work. I've got to say, the response from May does not surprise me. Well, he doesn't miss a trick, does he? Well, well, May's the only nice one. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hamster Hammond, if you're listening, you're, you're nice too. Oh, Hamster Hammond is in, is in clear second place. <laughs> if, you were, if you were going... Although, you were, have you watched Clarkson's Farm? No, but I hate how everyone says that in exactly the same tone of voice. As in, you'll warm to Clarko. Well, everyone says that, and they, they're planning for the next thing they're going to say is... Yeah. It's actually not that. It's actually quite good. I know, I know. Um, it, it, it's worth a watch. <laughs> it's good. Um, um, are some spirits of the night, I think, in the background there. Uh, the Moon Underwater's got itself a new doorbell, <laughs> um, which is made from... A thousand seraphims doing that thing you do with a wine glass where you make oh, it yeah. sort of make a glass, that sound. A glass harmonica. A glass half monica. Uh, before we chip off, it's the Bloomin' Patrons poem. Oh yes, of course, we must celebrate those who contribute and pay for things like the uh, glass half monica doorbell. And uh, uh, we, we appreciate your donations. You can head to moonunderpod.com to click through to the Patreon link. That gives you access to live tickets. It gives you uh, ad-free episodes. It gives you uh, a chance of being mentioned in the patron's poem. What else, what else does it give you, Robin? Um, have you mentioned Behind the Cellar Door? Oh, hello. Once a month, Robin and I uh, step out of the main bar here in the Moon Underwater and head behind the Mirror of Sorrow and uh, down the steps into the cellar to discuss... Well, really, the sacred heart of the pub. All things publicly. But this month, it's a, it's a little bit different, because this month, on Behind the Cellar Door, it's the pilot of Moon Underwater, in a way. Yes. Uh, I, we mentioned it in George Egg's episode, uh, recorded in the Dagda in the Moon Underwater. And I actually dusted off an old wax cylinder and uh, thought we would put put out that first ever rough recording. This was done before the Moon Underwater had even found... Uh, found its feet. Found, found its form. Its, found its... Um, uh, <laughs> what's the sort of uh, mystical equivalent of a production company? <laughs> oh, what was, that's a good question. Manifested its um, advance? Its, its architect... Uh, architecture and morality. Uh, anyway, 
before the moon and water found its architecture and morality, um, I sat down with George Egg in, in our kitchen in Edinburgh and we recorded some reverberations from the past, which are now being played out to you in the present, uh, which will then inevitably become the past again. Uh, it would be impossible for us to play them to you in the future. So uh, if you want to access stuff like that in Behind the Cellar Door, then you can head to moonunderpod.com. But without further ado and with fanfare fitting, here is this month's Patron's Poem. gloaming hour, the palest pink, nor dawn nor eve. On all hallows day the hallows come, to join and part, to ebb and weave. Sarah Brodie and Emily Costick hang up the lantern with twine and bostick. Sweets and fancies, bowls of sherbet, laid on tables by Laura Herbert. The Jonesy twins, Tomos and Owen, stir the flickering light between them. The fire catches, shining hearthside, tindered and bellowed by Gervan Burnside. Alistair Wright completes the night, brings music from his lute and pipe. O oh pub, O oh bar, O oh friend, O oh harbinger, reveal your booth to Howells Lee Bellinger. Joseph Pierce is first to beer, a golden ale for Fergus Weir. Gideon Thomas holds his flagon, aloft with cider to quench Nick Waghorn. In this oak house there is no toil, just sweet relief for Kayla Boyle. See her beaming on the sofa, Pouring wine for Richard Roper. Everyone turn to Gordon Cameron. Nice big smiles, he's got his camera on. Don't get too squiffy, Louise Diffie. Share the Dalwini with Rhiannon Finney. Four pints of pale for Simon Hale. Oh, see the swale, tell the tale. A spooky story from Rue Turnbull. So top that pint up. Make that brew full. And by the cellar, what a display. The hand-carved face of Patrick McKay. Patrick, love, it's the absolute spit. A pumpkin flickering with your face on it. Put away that twenty, dear John Hyam. The drinks are free, no need to buy them. Come one, come all, drink, cheer, laugh, carouse. And raise the spirits of Martin Lofthouse. And speaking of spirits on this All Hallows Day, it's time to crack open the malt from Spey. Grab a tumbler, have a nose, swirl that amber, watch, it glows. This night will linger, 
we shall stay to keep the fiends and ghouls at bay. A pub revealed, a hallowed quarter. All back streets lead to the moon underwater. Well, what a Hallows Day we had here uh, in the Moon Underwater with beautiful musicianship throughout. Many thanks to the lovely Robin Allender for that. It was superb, calming balm of guitars there and uh, fitting background to a very spooky, very flickery All Hallows Eve day. All Hallows Day. But for now, we must wend away. We must wend... What else do you wend? A wand. We must wend our wands and um, get rid of all this builder's grass because yeah. it's starting to annoy me. It's very confusing. Yeah, so also a lot of the dust gets in the back of the throat. Um, but we will see you uh, for the next week in pubs next week. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com.